Amen. What a joy-filled service this morning. Perfect for a, the Advent celebration of joy. So thank you to all who participated. Dewey, your wife's testimony and baptism was beautiful. Emma, thank you for telling us to receive joy from the Lord and his word and for reading God's word to us. It's joyful to be with you all this morning. Worship team, go tell it on the mountain. What a joyful response to God's grace. You worship team and AV team in the back, you are a gift to this church. So thank you for the services you provide each week to help us worship our Savior and King, whom we look to this morning as the one who came as a baby and was born. Birth announcements are all the rave these days. As if pregnant mothers don't have anything else to think about, they labor to make these announcements big. You do a quick search, 41 birth announcement ideas for Instagram, 99 creative captions for your birth announcement, 16 steps to the complete birth announcement. 16 steps? All that effort is rooted, hopefully though, in a desire to share joy, the joy of a new baby coming into the world. I don't know what, I don't even remember what we did. I think we just called or texted people, I'm not sure. But here in Luke chapter two, and I encourage you to open your Bibles to Luke chapter two, we have the greatest birth announcement the world has ever known. I don't remember how we announced, no offense, girls. But this announcement has never been forgotten because it contains more joy than anything this world has to offer. No one can top the birth announcement of God announcing the birth of his son because no one can top the joy that you can find in the son of God, in Jesus Christ. And so we wanna look at joy this morning from Luke chapter two that we'll find in Jesus we'll see that joy comes in our normal lives. We'll see that joy comes from outside of us. We'll see that joy demands a response, a proper fitting response. And then joy stays in our normal lives. It stays in our normal lives. Look at Luke chapter two, verses one through seven. Let's kind of set the scene here. It says, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. Caesar Augustus liked to brag that he created the Pax Romana. He got, brought peace to Rome, and he actually called himself the savior of the world. That was a common way he would refer to himself. Verse two, this was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was out of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. So Caesar Augustus has called for this census. So everyone has to go to their hometown. They have to register. They have to pay taxes. Something we'll never be free of until our Lord returns. And God's working through this pagan ruler who did think of himself as a savior to bring Mary and Joseph back to Joseph's hometown, Bethlehem, which means the city of bread. And the bread of life would be born in Bethlehem. Where King David was born, 
David was promised an eternal throne and now the eternal king has been born. Bethlehem, the little town that Micah said, was too small to be among the clans of Judah, small and significant town. But from Bethlehem, Micah said, shall come forth one who's to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient days. And he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall dwell secure. For now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be their peace. Micah spoke of that day, and the moment is now. God has become man. As George Whitfield said, Jesus was God and man in one person, that God and man might be happy together again to bring us joy in God. And Mary has now given birth to Jesus, the Son of God, who will save his people from their sins. And this is something to celebrate. This is a birth announcement worth announcing. It should bring great joy, and that's exactly what happens. Great joy is received from all. So let's continue and see that joy comes in our normal lives. In our normal lives, joy comes. Look at verses 8 through 10. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. So in the same region in Bethlehem, the shepherds were out watching their fields by night, watching their flocks in the field. It's nighttime. There's a little contrast here. The darkness of the shepherds' lives and the brightness of Jesus Christ coming with the arrival of the light of the world. Now, shepherds were a despised bunch. They were separated from communities. They were scorned. They were often suspicious because of their distance from society. And they were usually ceremonially, ceremonially unclean just be, because of the nature of their role with sheep and their jobs kept them then from being with the temple and coming to the temple to go through the right process of becoming clean. And because they were out so long and because some of the shepherds were scoundrels, people didn't trust the shepherds and they often weren't allowed to testify in court because of their role. So these are just poor lowly guys working their tails off at night. But they were brave guys, tough guys. I mean, anybody like to be in the woods or in the fields at night, surrounded by the apex predator's choice food? That's what the shepherds do every night. And so when they get afraid, it's a big deal. They're just a dark night, shepherds are doing their job, and then, maybe like when you've left a movie theater and opened the door to the outside in broad daylight too quickly, the glory of the Lord arrives. Brightness shines all around them. They're fear filled with great fear. Something intense, something powerful is around them. An angel has arised. We don't know who this angel is because Luke wants us to hear the message more than worry about the angel. But the angel arrives and the glory of the Lord shines around them and there's an intensity beyond any intensity these shepherds have ever felt or seen. The glory of the Lord. 
It has in mind kind of weighty brightness, radiance, splendor, bright beyond measure, but, but a sense of weight and heaviness in the presence of the glory of the Lord. And the glory of the Lord doesn't just show up all over. It shows up in major critical moments when God's working. Awesome events and acts of power usually display the glory of the Lord. Things like the filling of the tabernacle with his glory or the temple when God came into the Holy of Holies, when God gave them manna or he gave them the covenant at Mount Sinai. This is when the glory of the Lord shows up. It's a big deal. Isaiah associates the glory of the Lord with the restoration of Israel. Habakkuk teaches that the earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord in the end times. The glory of the Lord is gonna go out and God brings his great glory among angels to announce the arrival of Jesus. This is the greatest birth announcement ever. And he gives it to shepherds, lowly, poor shepherds, not mighty, not rich, just normal people in the normal events of their life on a hill, smelly sheep, doing their job, joy comes to them. It's one of the many surprises of our Savior that he arrives in lowly places to lowly people in their normal everyday occupations and brings his blessed joy. So when we hear that it comes into our normal lives, we don't have to look for joy somewhere else. We don't have to look for it in some major transition or change. Jesus is in the normal everyday activities that God intends you to know. He intends you to experience them. So whatever station in life you're in, wherever you find yourself, you can have the joy of the Lord. It is to be yours no matter where you are. And how can you be sure of this? Because of what the angels say. The angels say that it's from outside of us and it's for all people. It's for all people. Look at verses 10 through 14 with me. The angel said to them, fear not, I bring you good news of great joy that'll be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. The angels come to them in their normal everyday lives and they announce that joy comes from outside of us. There's great joy for all of the people. Great joy replaces the shepherd's great fear. It's a joy that is announced. It's brought to them from outside of them. They didn't hear of it before. They didn't know of it before. It's from outside of them. And when we think about biblical joy, we're, we're thinking about God's work in our lives. We're thinking about his salvation in our lives, his spiritual work in your life, what he's doing outside of us in his son, Christ Jesus, that comes to us, brings us joy. And because it's fixed, 
and rooted in God's work and comes from outside of us, it can bring you gladness anywhere, at any time, and in any circumstances. It is a certainty in our Lord's goodness towards you that brings a settled delight and joy even when the world is falling apart around you. Like Job, who lost everything, could say, you give and you take away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. Because his goodness is fixed and it comes from outside of us, it's joy that we can experience at any time, at any place, and in any circumstance. It's not an emotion. It may lead to emotion, but it's not an emotion caused by favorable circumstances. See, the gurus out there will tell you, like, masterful, you can master the arts of joyful living. And they'll give you all these tips. Bring silence and stillness into your life. Tell that to the mom at home with four kids or whatever, right? Clean up. <laughs> Tell that to the mom at home with a bunch of kids. Mind your own business. These are just quick search online. Give to others what you feel you are lacking. Use your senses. Recognize what is working. Live in forgiveness. Learn from life experiences. Be pleasant. Lean into joy. All are good things. All very good things. And most of them, guess where they got them from? The baby in the manger. <laughs> they got them from Jesus and his word that has so invaded our society that people don't realize how much they're benefiting from the wisdom of God. It's, it's not inside of us. It's from Jesus. It's from Jesus, the baby in the manger that the angels point to when they say, we bring you good news of great joy. It's not in you. It's outside of you. It's in the baby. Verse 11 says, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. See, they, they announce that good news of joy and then they rooted in the man Christ Jesus and who he is, who he is. Good news of great joy. You must say, where? Where, angels? In a manger. What? In a manger? Yeah, yeah, there's a baby, but he's the Savior. He's the Messiah. He's the Christ. He's the Lord. Joy's in a man, Christ Jesus. A baby, but the baby's on a mission. The angels will call him Savior, the Redeemer, the one sent to save his people from their sin. What we can't save ourselves from, he comes to save us. The angels call him Messiah. The title is the, is the title Christ, the long-awaited, anointed Davidic king that the Israelites had been looking for. The one that said, I will set you free from captivity. I'll fulfill all of God's good promises to you. I'll restore the rule and the reign of the Lord in your life. This is the Messiah, and it's in this baby in a manger. The angels call him Lord. Divinity has met humanity. His identity is equal with Yahweh, the God of the Old Testament. The God of the Old Testament of Israel has arrived in the baby. In Christ, two natures met to be your cure, George Herbert said. And this baby, the eternal one, has come. Kids, think about this for a minute. 
This is the only time a baby's been born that was older than he was when he was born. Let that spin your mind around for a minute. Jesus existed from all eternity and he entered in and came into humanity. And as C.S. Lewis said, in that manger there once was held something larger than our whole world. He's entered his creation from outside of us and that brings us joy. He's come to lowly shepherds in their normal lives. So this is a joy for you and for me and for all who will receive it. And the shepherds are given this sign. I've often wondered, why are they given this sign? It's gonna be a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. Surely this would be a bit exceptional, but the, the angels wanted to make sure the shepherds know who they're looking for. Moms aren't just prone to lying their babies anywhere, especially their first baby, right? You get a little farther from the first one, moms get a little bit more creative. I've heard about babies being placed in the bottom drawer of a chest of drawers for their crib for the first few months, whatever. Moms find a way, they're amazing. But no matter, Jesus has come to us in a manger. And Luke wants us to see, and we always put the emphasis on, there's no room for them in the end. Make room for him in your heart. And that's a beautiful application. But Luke wants us to see the lowliness of our savior here, that he has come. Jerome said this, he found no room in the Holy of Holies that shone with gold and precious stones, pure silk and silver. He is not born in the midst of gold and riches, but in the midst of dung, in a stable, where our sins were filthy, filthier than the dung. He is born on a dung hill in order to lift up those who from, from it. From the dung hill, he lifts up the poor. Now, I don't know what Jerome's obsession was with dung, but he is making a very strong point that Jesus came in the lowest of places such a low and humble beginning. He hasn't remained above us, but become one of us, even beneath us. He knows our struggles and our pain because he entered it even at his birth. Our joy comes from outside of us and we can know it's ours because it came all the way down to us in Christ. In the brightness of the glory of God, shines behind this angel and into our night and brings us Jesus. Our joy is in Jesus, his work on our behalf, but the angel, as if that one angel in the glory of the Lord isn't enough, a whole angel army shows up. Beth brought this up in staff meeting about, is this a military, like an army angel? And I said, I don't know, I need to dig into that. And it is. This multitude of heavenly hosts is military language. This isn't just a group of angels hanging out together. <laughs> These angels are an army in rank and file, regimented and ordered. And this army is praising their master, God himself, singing glory to him in the highest. Look at verse 14, actually 13. Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, that's the military language, this heavenly hosts, a multitude of them, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. So these angels are an army praising their master. 
glory to God himself, singing glory to him in the highest. They're ready to serve the Lord. Their full power is on display. They, they're gonna do whatever their master calls them to do. A mighty army arrives, terror fills the shepherds. What's gonna happen when armies arrive? It's usually terrifying, destruction, devastation. And this heavenly army comes and says, glory to God, peace on earth. Uh, we bring you an announcement of peace and the favor of the Lord. What a beautiful use of the armies of heaven. Very different from the armies of our world. They're gonna use their power for your joy. Peace on earth for those that have the favor of the Lord upon them. I like this army. The peace of God and the favor of God. That's what we need. We need an angel army in our corner that's fighting to bring us true and lasting joy. The, the Pax Romana that Caesar Augustus initiated was so popular and everybody bragged about the peace of Rome. But that was no true peace. Rome's foot was planted on the neck of vanquished foes. That was an armed peace. Rome was a slave-driven society. And peace remained through fear, absolute fear of punishment. Epictetus, a first century philosopher said, the emperor may give peace from war on land and sea, but he's unable to give peace from passion, grief, and envy. He cannot give peace of heart for which man yearns for more than even outward peace. We seek peace in so many things, we can only find it in the person of Jesus Christ. He is our peace and his peace is for all people who come to him in faith. His peace brings us peace with God. He removes the barrier of our, of our sin between us and God and restores us to a right relationship with the Father. He brings peace among his people as we extend forgiveness to one another and embrace one another in love. We find peace instead of animosity and angst. And he brings peace to our hearts when we enter into his peace. He's not disordered and chaotic like our hearts and our minds are, he's steady. God is always at peace. And when we enter into his presence, we experience his peace. And he sends an angel army to labor to bring you peace in Jesus. So our joy, just take this in, is found when we enter the peace that we have with God through Jesus Christ, our Savior. The one who redeemed us from sin, the long-awaited Messiah who fulfills God's promise, the Lord who became man and knows what we experience. I've got to admit, I've struggled for joy lately, some days. Sarah can verify. I've had to fight for it. I've had to slow down and remember all of God's goodness towards me in Jesus Christ. Circumstances can steal your joy, but they can't return it. What returns it is when we go back to the one who is our joy. When we go back to the one who is our peace, when we remember our savior who became one of us, 
when we confess our sins and renew and remind ourselves of all of your sins are forgiven in Christ Jesus. You're cleansed, you're made clean, you're made new, you're brought afresh into God's presence. When we remember his spirits within us to renew us every single day, his grace is sufficient for all of our needs. The pains of this life are temporary. Future glory awaits. That's when our joy returns. It comes from Jesus outside of us and it enters into our lives in Jesus. And then it strengthens us to walk in gladness, to walk in joy, to express delight in the goodness of our God and Father towards us in his son, Christ Jesus. So slow down and enter the joy that Jesus brings you this Christmas. The joy that angel armies announce to you. There's abundant joy available to you in Jesus Christ. So embrace it. But then what? Well, joy demands a response. The joy of the Lord that comes into our normal lives from outside of us demands a response. Look at all this activity that happens right after the angels announce this. They go, tell, treasure, and ponder, praise, and glorify. Jesus comes in and just people are going everywhere doing all kinds of things. Look at verses 15 through 17. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem. Yeah, good call, shepherds. And see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. The shepherds immediately go, say, let's go, let's go find it. I mean, this is, this is what we are called to do. Joy is in Jesus Christ, so go to him. Go to him, see him in his word. Talk to him in prayer. Come and see him in the songs we sing. Experience his presence and when you come among his people. But go with haste. If any of you here don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, go now to Jesus. Go with haste to him. Don't miss out on Jesus. He came to bring you joy and peace. Beg him to make himself known to you and he will. Go to Jesus, get to know him. If we can help you with this, we will be available after the service. Come find one of us, the elders here. We will pray with you and help you come to Jesus. Go to him. Or maybe tell it. Maybe the application is tell it like they, they did. Over the hills and everywhere, as we just sang. Verse 18, the shepherds are telling everyone about what they had seen and heard. And remember, the shepherds were the least qualified to testify to Jesus. They weren't allowed to be witnesses in court. And yet here they are, the first witnesses to the newborn baby. So just share the joy of Jesus. Overflow in his goodness towards you. Share the gladness and kindness of Jesus that you've experienced on a regular basis. Let the joy of the Lord flow through you. Let others see it. Maybe like Mary, you need to spend some time treasuring and pondering. This has in mind, Mary's protecting and defending all this information and she's considering it carefully. She's kind of ruminating on it, scrutinizing difficult things 
asking God for help, asking him for understanding. Maybe this time you just need to slow down and ponder the truths of Jesus Christ at Christmas. Whether you purposefully pick up an Advent devotional reading, don't be like me and think if you're late, don't start. Just, you can pick up now, it's fine. Whether that's an Advent guide, reading the Christmas story with your kids, setting aside time to enter into the joy of your Lord, give yourself some mental space to just treasure and ponder Jesus. You, you can delay other things to spend time with Jesus. Or like the shepherds did as they went away, just praise and glorify. Praise and glorify as you've done this morning in song. The shepherds model for us the proper activity of a Christ-centered community. You come to Christ and you leave rejoicing. You magnify and glorify Jesus because of his arrival at Christmas time. He came to redeem us, to be our Lord and Savior, to fulfill all of God's promises to, to us, I mean, to be our peace, to bring us joy, to make us right with God. There's so much good in Jesus that you can glorify and praise him for. Rend Collective is a band and they have this song, We Wish You a Merry Christmas. That's nothing new. But here's how the song goes. I'm not kidding. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. And then here's the problem. I don't believe them. <laughs> Go look it up later. I just don't believe them. They don't sing with much joy at all. They don't seem very merry and they, don't, they lack the energy that makes me think they genuinely wish me a Merry Christmas. Now they probably do, but they should have increased the tempo of the song a little bit and thrown in some drums, okay? I don't know, for me to believe them, I need to hear more joy in their voice. When glorifying and praising Jesus marks our lives, our message is more believable. When we genuinely enjoy Jesus and it overflows in glory and praise to him and it just comes out, your message is more believable. It draws more attention. It verifies that the Jesus whom you worship and trust in is true. And the lost and dying world needs that joy to flow through us. But then, joy demands a response, but then here's the beauty of it. Joy stays in our normal lives. If you got my pastor thoughts this week, you already know where I'm going here. It's from outside of us, it comes into us, it demands a response, and then it just stays in our normal lives. The shepherds just went back to their sheep in the fields, went back to their work. The joy goes with us back into the normal everyday labor of our hands. You don't need exceptional circumstances. You don't need exceptional wealth for joy. You don't need exceptional prosperity or health or a change in vocation or location to bring you joy. You, it goes with you right back into your everyday life. It stays with you right there. Nehemiah 8.10, my dad has spoken this to me many times in dark moments. The joy of the Lord is your strength, Ryan. The joy of the Lord is your strength. God gives out his joy daily, even amidst normal everyday activities because God loves normal everyday activities. You ever thought about that? God does the same thing 
every day with joy and he doesn't get tired of it. I wish I was more like him. He causes the sun to rise and the sun to fall each day. He causes the grass to grow, flowers to bloom, rain to fall, snow to swirl, waves to crash, rivers to flow, and so many things every single day. Often unnoticed by us, but he's doing the same thing, normal things every day, over and over with abundant joy for you in your normal everyday lives. Every day he can give you joy in your normal lives and it will be your strength. His joy is available in his son, Christ Jesus, the one he sent an angel army to announce, the one that that angel army labors for your joy, labors for your peace. Enter into the joy that is the, yours. The joy of the Lord is your strength. May the joy of Jesus overflow in your life and my life this Christmas. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you came to bring us joy. Thank you that even though our lives are marked with great hardship and sadness and difficulty and often pain and anguish, you came to bring us joy and that that joy can be found in you and in you alone. Lord Jesus, direct our hearts to you, take them off our circumstances, off of our own hardships and difficulties and put them on you and your abundant goodness towards us to bring us peace with God, peace with one another, and to know that the favor of our Father now is upon us in you, Lord Jesus. Turn our hearts now to praise and glorify your name. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen.